Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Snap Out of It Radio Network. Hear all our great shows across the world. Join our community at snapoutofitradionetwork.com. So wake up, stand up, and snap out of it. Empowered Love with author, self-mastery coach, and relationship expert, Melanie Tanya Evans. Take back your power, heal your soul, and set yourself free, free through Empowered Love. And now your host of Empowered Love, Melanie Tanya Evans. Hi everyone, I'm Mel. Welcome to the show. I'm sitting here with my kittens on my lap and great day. We're getting colder here in Melbourne now. It's really feeling like winter. Got up and went to gym this morning and went, oh my goodness. But uh, you know, all good things come to an end. So this show today has been a really sort of quite amazing way that this uh, materialized very quickly because I'm going to be starting this show on narcissism with, uh, oh, we've got some static. Okay, no, it's all good. Anyway, I'm going to be starting the show with narcissism with uh, Lisa E. Scott, which is going to be once a month, and that's starting next week. And this show, Ali Castles, Ali uh, is part of my team, and we're working really, really hard at putting together a whole lot of new stuff and a whole lot of... Uh, information and education about narcissism and we both really came up with this morning we wanted to uh, do something as a regular to really address the other side of the dynamic which is codependence and Ali and I both um, freely freely come forward and say that we've lived very very codependently and the thing is you know as codependents we're still always working on ourselves and we're being really, really conscious about being empowered and being really true and congruent to ourselves and living an empowered life. And we really want to share lots of aspects about this. There's a lot of people in the chat room at the moment, which is really, really great. And I want you guys to get involved. You know, while you're listening to this show, please put up any questions or anything that you have and Ali and I can address those for you, which will be really, really cool. But uh, but anyway, so Ali, say hi to everyone. Hello, everyone. Nice to be Fantastic. here. Thanks for inviting me, Mel. Yeah, this is going to be really good, Ali. I think, uh, you know, this because really looking at and owning our energy and our part of our life is so essential. Do you just want to elaborate a little bit, Ali, on about owning our energy and what that can mean? Yeah, I think this has been the biggest turning point for me um, in recovery from a narcissistic relationship and actually to the point now where I feel like um, I've turned the experience around in terms of my perspective of it um, to be a growth experience and one that I'm learning from rather than um, one that I'm a victim of. Um, And when you talk about like owning your energy and it's something that I really believe in and it's a concept that um, I embrace now and that I'm I'm just so much more attuned with, um, I think what we're getting at is the fact that we're all born with this, um, you know, you talk about the source energy or the universal energy or, you know, what have you and that's 
it's what you know what gives us our spark when we're children, and it's what runs through life at all levels. But um, when you're in these relationships and you start modifying yourself, or you try harder, or you might compromise your standards and boundaries to accommodate another person, when that gets to a point where it's not actually nurturing you, it's compromising that energy, it's shutting you down, it's making you second guess yourself, it's making you anxious. Um, you're not sparking at that level. You're not feeding yourself and nurturing it and um, and worshipping it, um, now that's unhealthy. You know, I, you know, I did that for a very, very long time, and I look back now, and yeah, sure, I really regret it. Um, I wasn't serving myself. I wasn't serving the people in the universe around me. I was just trying to make this other person happy so I could have the nice, stable relationship that I really wanted and that I occasionally had, but um, certainly didn't all the time. So, in a nutshell, that's um, I think probably the the easiest way to identify when something's not right and maybe you're codependent is when you're not nurturing and looking after that energy, you're not worshipping it, you're not protecting it, you're not really feeling it. Um, it's easy to become so in your head when a relationship isn't isn't right, um, when you're being abused or manipulated or controlled, and, and these things happen slowly and over time, so it's not, you know, you might not necessarily realise it, but I think if your friends and family are bringing things up or something maybe doesn't feel quite right or you're having more arguments than you should be or you feel like you're sort of um, getting battered down uh, mentally and emotionally, then you've really got to start looking at are you feeling that energy inside you and are you looking after it? And that's something that I didn't do for a very long time. I was um, addressing my issues and the relationship issues on a head level and trying to make sense of some, sense of it all, something that, that I was never going to be able to do um, because there was no sense to it. Um, and now I've, I've just really, what's got me through is that, that deep down um, energy, that spark that is life. Um, and just nurturing that, worshipping it, honouring it, making sure I'm looking after it and I'm doing the right thing by me is what's really just building up my strength and enabled me to get past it all, um, acknowledge my part in, in what was an abusive relationship um, and my part in that was, was not honouring myself. Um, so it's all very well saying I was a victim, but... I wasn't um, honouring myself as I should have been. So at to some point, um, I was codependent and um, and allowing it to happen. Um, that's a concept that I struggled with for a long time. I wanted to blame. It wasn't my fault. I was a victim. I was hurt, blah, 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 blah. But as soon as I've embraced that, well, it's just turned everything around. It's given me the power even in it to kind of step up from that level now and look back on it and move forward. Um, Fantastic. Great point. Women, we, I think we grew up. We grew up with mothers that probably didn't honour themselves. We grew up with mothers that it might have been, um, you know, all about what the father said or it may have been all about the kids or it may have been all about, uh, you know, whatever uh, function she was attached to. But I think as women, men are a lot better at this. Men are a lot better at honouring themselves. And whether we want to call it selfish or whatever, men have got more of a concept of being more autonomous than what women have. We give ourselves away so much to our environment and other people as the nurturers. And I believe so strongly that when we go through abusive relationships, the biggest lesson and gift that we are getting out of this is we're realising that we haven't been taking responsibility for ourselves and making ourselves a value and a priority. Yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly with all of that. And I think um, there's a lot of historical stuff, um, socialisation and things that come into it that give us this idea that 
you know, we're supposed to be nurturing and forgiving and understanding and, um, you know, and to some extent, you know, um, you know, keep the family together or the home together and we all want to just um, have a nice little tight, comfortable home and happy family. Um, but to the extent that we're, we're losing ourselves in it, no. And I don't think um, in terms of the way that we're taught that we're... Um, we're ever educated really on where that line is. Some people have, have uh, are more aware of their boundaries, and I mean, I think everyone listening will know some things that they just won't accept. I mean, you're not going to, um, you know, you're not going to drink petrol, for example, or some people might, but taste yeah. people, you know, it's not right. But when it comes to love and relationships, it's all a bit blurry. It's, you know, nothing's black and white. You really have to trust that that inner compass, um, and and it's so easy to come become detached from that um, I think when you when you start sharing your life with someone and you're in love this concept of being a whole and caring and sharing and giving and everything like that you know that's whilst that's all good on some levels you still really need to keep connected with that with that soul level truth that is you and you're not you're not actually um, taking anything or holding anything back from anyone when you do it in fact you are actually giving everybody the best of yourself whilst you because you're not sacrificing yourself on any level for other people you're actually just performing at your highest good um, and everyone benefits from that and that's a concept that um, that anyway that really that I've embraced and it really works for me and makes me able to look back at the way I've sort of I've run my life to date um, versus how I am now and not feel selfish and not feel bad and not feel a failure for making the choices I've had to make and move forward in the way that I have um, I feel better for it everything works better for it um, the relationships in general are easier. Life is easier. Um, yeah. If you can get your head around that, I think everything just falls into place. I mean, it's just a, it's a universal law of life. Uh, you talk about that a lot. Um, and yeah. humans fighting that and trying to be things that they aren't or fit into roles or accommodate other people. Um, it's just a, it's just a, all a shortcut to just disaster and unhappiness, really, I think, um, you know, on all levels. Yeah, and it's lose-lose. Absolutely. It's, Absolutely. It's, it's really lose-lose. And, and I think as women what we've done is completely pushed away our own emotions and our own uh, uncomfortable feelings and we've been outside our bodies analysing what does he need or what's he thinking or what's going on with him. And we've been, you know, and women centuries ago, this was very much a survival mechanism. Was, and it's very, very true that a woman without a male and a protector could not survive. So she had to second guess him. She had to fit in with him. She had to adapt herself to hang on to him. But now in this day and age, and I mean it was dangerous back then, very, very precarious and very dangerous, but it was a necessity. Whereas here, you know, we're not in Middle Eastern countries. We're in countries where we do have choice, we do have capabilities. And the interesting thing is a lot of women that do get with abusive men often started off as very, very capable women, very able to hold their own, and then they ended up being stripped slowly and surely and then ending up thinking, well, I can't survive without him. And I know I fell into that category even though I had a successful business and all sorts of things happening, uh, you know, that was, was my belief. And the problem is, as women, is that if we're not working on our source of self and not really uh, beating all this DNA and genetic history that we've had about I need a man to survive, 
because that's dangerous. It, it will mean that we're very, very precariously possibly hanging on to one guy who's actually really not healthy for us. Yeah, and that's exactly what happens, I think, in narcissistic relationships. You become like completely focused on you know what what's in front of you and making that work. Everything's invested in it: your heart, your your life, often your finances. Um, and more often than not, people will give up, you know, work or change themselves or you know modify their behaviour to accommodate a partner, and it just becomes more yeah. and more out of control, more controlling. Um, and then and then and, and with every you know degree of change um, in that, the, the further away from your truth you become, and then and I mean, and invariably it will end up in, in a big crisis. You can't deny like the laws of life and your truth. Yeah. Out that much absolutely um, so people really just don't want to let it get to that point if things that you know if you if the signs of codependency are there in your relationship now I think you know I really appeal to anybody listening to to really have a good think about this because I ignored them for so long I really thought well you know I'm a strong capable person and I do this and I do that and da 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 and no I mean, if it's not right, it's not right, and it's that's it's big cue to start to start looking at you know are you serving yourself, and um and and consider the behaviour um your partner's behaviour or what's going on, and is that something yeah. that you would have put up with years ago, when you're in a better space, when you're feeling confident and secure, and if it's not, and more than likely it's not, then stop making excuses for it. And start yeah. and really kind of put your foot down and, and build your strength back up because it's just going to get worse. Uh, you know, I, I never really heeded that. Um, I always thought, well, I'm different, I'm special, I'm, you know, better, I can fix this. And my God, mm. it went on and on and on and on and on. But it's, it, it really, it, even if you are going to fix it and if anything is going to come right, it's not by you fixing it, it's by every individual taking responsibility for themselves. The best thing you can do if you do want to fix the situation you're in is step out of it, step back, work on yourself and leave that other person to figure out their stuff. You, it's just all you're doing is supporting it and, um, and enabling it to continue by playing a part in the crazy game that is you know, a codependent or narcissistic relationship. Spot on, spot on. Hey, Ali, we've got a caller, so we might just pick this up. Sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Hello, caller. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? Yeah, hi, Mel. Yeah, hi, Nancy. who are you? Nancy. Oh, Nancy. It's Hello, Nancy. How are you? <laughs> Good, thanks. How are you? Yeah. Lovely to have you on, doll. Great. So, yeah, um, I, finally, I finally got through to you. <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. So, Nancy, what's going on? What's going on with you at the moment, with your N situation and... And, uh, you know, how are you going? Um, coming through my healing, it's been really interesting. I'm, I'm really glad you're talking about this codependency stuff because I think it's really important. Um, it there's is. Lot, there's yeah. lots of different schools of thought out there on exactly what it is, and I'm finding yeah. that really interesting. Um, yeah. Even for me recently, I, I had an experience, I think you probably know something about it, that um, I actually fell back into actually behaving codependently again. And there was actually, it was only a short period of time and once I realised I was doing it, I mean I stepped out and stepped back and looked back at myself that it was really, really revealing to me, I suppose, in some senses as to how easy it is to take on that sort of train of thought again. 
Yeah, look, absolutely. And the thing is, too, you know, when you've had the narcissistic experience, it it can with the addiction process of that, it can leave you very, very susceptible to selling yourself out and trying to get something from that outside source, the narcissist. You know, when you're feeling that that pull, it it can be yeah, very easy yeah. to fall back in there. But um, yeah, you know, yeah, I found that. To you know, identify it. And and yeah, Ali, um, you've been through that too, haven't you? And I know I have. Yeah, it was very revealing. I, 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 I was actually pleased with myself that I, I managed to sort of pull it back in and realise instead of like reacting to how what other people were behaving, I, I looked back at what I was doing. And as soon as I did that, I realised what I was doing. You know, I was just falling yeah. back into that old pattern again, which, which was really good because I thought, okay, now I know I can identify this rather quickly. So. Yeah. Well, that's it, isn't it? And when we own our own stuff, that's what gives us that power, isn't it? Well, it really and does. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just, uh, you know, I mean... trip with codependency, it was every, you know, and I did, it, I did it too, but when we get to that point where we go, this is my issue, this is my stuff, I'm not holding my space and my energy and I'm going for something that's going to hurt outside of me, you know, yeah. we know it's us doing it. That's right, that's right. And then getting to that place and owning it, it's actually, it's just so empowering in the sense you go, okay, I know I was responsible for this, I know the part I play, so I can just step back from this now and understand, you know, how I'm stepping into it. And, and yeah. really, it actually feels good. It's, there's no, you know, massive amounts of pain involved in that. Yeah, fantastic. Rather than, oh my God, he's still not doing this, he's still not doing that, he's playing this game, he's doing that. All of that just feels terrible, doesn't it? That's and right. it's so powerless when we play that game. And then you just end up just locked in that pattern and there's just no way out of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, power to you. That is fantastic. So how long ago did your little slip-up happen? Oh, couple, uh, about a week ago. Okay, yeah, I saw her on Facebook. I saw her yeah. on yeah. Okay, so you pulled it back in. How are you feeling now? Much, much better. Also, it's actually shifted, managed to shift my focus again, I think. Um, yeah, it's actually totally taken my focus off the narcissism itself and just sort of back onto me and where I need to go. And I think that's really, really for me, it was just another step. So I think, you know, things sort of have a way of turning up when you need them. <laughs> oh, don't I they? Think, I think Nancy raises a really good point in that. Um, and congratulations, Nancy. That's, that's brilliant, you know, that, that you're looking at it from that perspective and you've just um, had it reinforced recently. Um, that whole, you know, it does seem scary, like the only way is fixing what you're in. But the reality is you walk through that pain and that's the only way you're going to feel the peace and the calm that you're after, it's in you, isn't it? And and like you said, take the focus off the relationship and get it firmly on yourself because you're just keeping it going by being part of that drama. And um and, and then when you you know you are working on yourself, the, these tests will come up, you know, and, and and I understand what Nancy's saying. It's so easy to um to want to fill that gap with the next person or the next thing. And if you've been in a narcissistic or sort of drama filled relationship then it's a natural inclination to sort of feel like you need that on some levels. 
But um, the more you hold off and the stronger you are, the more you're reinforced and rewarded. And it's just a building up, building up, building up, building up, such an empowering experience. And you just got to stick with it. And it's not hard. Like Nancy said, you, you, the universe will start rewarding you in little ways straight away. And that's because you're, you're doing the right thing by you. You're just aligning with who you are and where you're supposed to be and what you're supposed to be doing. And if this other person is so amazing and brilliant and if they've just got to learn and just got to change a wee bit for it all to be perfect, well, let them go and do that. But you've got to focus on you and exactly what Nancy's done, just like keep true to yourself. And um, and it just falls into place. It's just, it's just so much easier. And I just can't believe that the shift is so small and, and seemingly insignificant, but it makes all the difference. And that's from a point of feeling like a victim to going, right, I'm taking some responsibility for this. And it feels like the worst thing in the world to do, and I'm letting him off the hook and da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. But as soon as you do that, your world can turn around. It's just, yeah, I couldn't recommend, recommend, recommend considering that and working on that um, more. Hold on, you're both amazing. Because really, oh, in a very short amount of time, you guys have... You know, turned it around. Oh, well, yeah, but it's just, have, uh, sorry. It's sort of. I mean, for me, it's just like just being just being in that that pain and and all of that for too long. I just just really don't want to stay there. And you know, like just being the victim. And I mean, even in one respect, I took a long time to even accept I was a victim. So I sort of had to go through all that yeah. process. And then yeah. once I came out the other side of that, I thought, I am not staying here, so whatever it takes to sort of keep moving, I'm going to do that. Yeah. So I yeah. suppose, you know, there's a bit of motivation there to sort of get through this rather than get stuck in it. Yeah. And it's, um, yeah. don't you think it's so exciting? Like, Nancy, do you, how do you feel? Like, I just know it sounds like, you know, we're, we're probably, you know, just kind of getting in that new empowered space now and looking back on the experience and taking what we've needed to to move forward. But it's a really, I, I just feel really, really good every day, more yeah. enlightened, more empowered. And it's just, you get to a point where you're just like, wow, I've just, I've just kind of reached another strata of, of acceptance, enlightenment, gratitude and understanding. And it's something you'd never expect to get out of this experience. But if you, if you walk that path, it'll come to you. I totally, totally agree. I think, you know, you get to a stage, you're just looking forward to the next thing because you know it's just getting better. And it's, mm. it's like, it's, it's, it's exciting again. Life is actually, has meaning again, you know, and it's just, yeah. just having that. And I mean, I've seen people you know, go, oh, you know, want, want to go through their healing and saying, oh, well, I'll, I'll heal, but I'll never be the same person that I was before. And I'm just thinking, no, I'm going to be better. You know, yep, I'm just going absolutely. to go all the yep, way through I this. agree totally. And you're feeling all your power now, and you, you, it's awesome, isn't it? Like, it's, it's, just the, it's just the most amazing feeling and to have learnt those lessons now and to be able to move forward in your power and know where to draw lines and, and hold boundaries and what's acceptable and what's not. And far out, what an awesome force, you, you, you know, you, you're going to be or you are. And um, and I think for me too, so much more capable and happy and fulfilled and resilient than I, I was before the relationship, even though I thought I was a tough nut then. Uh, yeah, you know, um, um, yeah. <laughs> I know exactly where you're coming from because I, I used to say the same thing. You know, I'm I'm fine. I can I can stand up to anything. I'm I can get by and da 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 da. And and yeah, you actually find out the things that 
that trip you up along the way. And I Absolutely. suppose, you know, the best thing about this codependency thing is finding out what those things are. Mm. And, uh, I mean, yeah. I think, you know, for a lot of people, it's a very hard bridge to cross because it becomes a bit of a paradox between when they're in a narcissistic relationship, they're forever told that there's something wrong with them. So the idea to actually, once you're in the victim role, to actually go back and looking for what's wrong with you is is can be really frightening in the idea that it's going to somehow validate the narcissist. Because yep. I know I yep. actually had that experience along the way. So I know that's why it's, it's, it's a... It can be a bit of pill to swallow to say, let's mm. go and have a look at what we are. Mm. But mm. really, you know, what the narcissist is accusing you of is that projection of his, you know, his self. That's, so all yeah. the blaming that, you know, so that, so none of this is about saying, well, uh, well, you know, the common narcissistic thing is you're not to be trusted, you're playing up. Um, you're not good with finances. It, you know, it'll be all the discreditable things that he's actually doing himself that he'll try and lump on you. So, in and you've been hearing that battering from him constantly in the relationship. So, you know, none of this ownership is about that because that was his stuff. He was projecting at you. What this is about is taking ownership about the codependency part of it, which means, you know, why we sustained and attracted these relationships and how we hung on to them despite the pain and tried to get validation, love and acceptance from sources that just were not available or present to be able to do that. So so how about ladies, let's have a look at, you know, some of the signs of codependency because there may be some people out there, there's so many women in painful relationships, there really, really is, it's epidemic. And there could be a lot of people listening or are going to podcast this that are going to go, well, you know, you guys are all feeling so great because we are, we are. But, you know, we promise you, we've been in there. We've been in the bowels of hell, every one of us. And, and, and what got us out of the bowels of hell was really about um, empowering ourselves and taking our focus off him. Because, you know, if you're with a narcissist, he's not well. It's really uh, important to learn about narcissism and Lisa, E. Scott and I are going to be doing that show once a month and there's some fascinating information in that. There really, really is. But the thing is, once you know what a narcissist is, you know that there's no common sense in it. There's uh, a bar that keeps getting lifted for you to be better and better and better. There's no prize to get. Uh, and there's no sense to make of it. There really is not. There's nothing you can get out of that relationship that's going to be healthy or sane. Once you get to that and you understand that, well, then you can go, okay, well, what, who am I in this? What is this about for me? And it's really interesting because virtually all of us are codependent. We've been, uh, we've really, society has modeled us that way structured religion pulled us out of our own rights for ourselves and to listen and trust ourselves and we're all told to feel and think depending on our environment rather than trust ourselves and that's really the root of codependency but if we just go through some of the signs of codependency and how this leaves women which is a huge majority of women huge very susceptible to narcissistic relationships so you know, um, you know, Ali, do you want to start with, you know, this list that you've put together about mm -hmm. strong, independent women and, uh, you know, how often, you know, the last type of women that you would think are codependent. People couldn't believe I was in a relationship like this. I'm sure 
there are, you two would be the same. I know you're both strong, capable women and yet ended up with abusers in abusive, ridiculous relationships. Ali, talk about that. Yeah, well, I think, I think this is um, probably quite important. I know there'll be people that uh, probably just happened upon this information now and, and, and they're opening their eyes to understanding the situation they're in. So I just, I, I really like to point out knowing um, or understanding um, being in that predicament, um, the, the things that, that people would want to look out for that would identify this kind of relationship. Uh, it's very hard when you're in one often because you become quite desensitised or maybe you've been battered down and whether that's emotionally or verbally or whatever, you, you may, may have been removed from your your support networks, um, you know, it could be anything. You may not even have, um, you know, maybe he's a breadwinner and you don't have access to funds. So you, somehow or other you become um, removed from reality to some extent and your own ability to make sound judgments. Um, so I think um, when that happens, it's, it's, it's the type of women that do that are codependent, but probably didn't even know they were. I was in that category. Mm. That the type of women that uh, narcissists will generally or abusers will generally go for. Yeah. What what yeah. type of women are they? Yeah. So look. Yeah. Look. I know. Well, I know for me, and I know for you, and um, certainly by the sounds of it, Nancy and everyone that I come across. The, the narcissist, by virtue of his nature, is looking for supply from other people. So that means other people's um, wealth, um, charisma, maybe it's their resources, maybe it's just um, their personality or something they're good at. They want to associate and, and bask in some of the, the reflection of other people's sort of um, um, specialness or success, I suppose, because they're not capable of generating that themselves to a large extent or they don't feel like they are anyway. So a strong, independent woman, someone who, who may be attractive or have a lot of resources or a powerful job, and in some way the narcissist sees that as something that they can attach themselves to and get some gratification from. So they're the kind of, they're the kind of people a narcissist is going is to want to associate with. Um, so, yeah, and yeah. the other aspect of that is people that are compassionate with big hearts, mm. that um, look to please people and help people, it's incredible, you know, I'm a metaphysician, so I'm a spiritual healer. It is incredible how many spiritual healers have fallen to narcissists. How many healers? Yeah. Because yep. the narcissists will very, very quickly, very quickly, they've been doing it since they're little children, sum up who you are. And when they know who you are, if, there's, if they can really surmise that you're going to be the type of person that's going to give and give and give, that's going to be quite forgiving, quite compassionate, uh, very loving, you're a great target. And they'll test, they'll test you. I mean, in my experience, and I've, I've had a few relationships looking back, um, narcissistic relationships, and one just definitely got the better of me. It was a long-term one. But prior to that, I'd come across a few, and I, I was really in my power and... Um, a lot more then, so I kind of nipped them in the butt, but just little ways that they'll initially try to control, um, disapprove of things that you do and get a bit moody or, you know, suggest or demand that you do something or you wear something or, or, or be very open and often quite early um, after coming off across all sort of um, full on and strong about what they do or they don't like. Um, and you start to go, oh, he's a bit, he's a bit weird or that's a bit opinionated or whatever. Now, when I was in my power, I remember cutting a lot of those relationships off early in their infancy. But then eventually mm. I met a guy, you know, it was a very, very strong connection. 
Um, and I was at a point in my life where I wasn't sure where I was going and what I really wanted and blah, 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 blah. Now, when those things came up, rather than just go, what a weirdo, you know, I can't be bothered with that, I was more inclined to work with him or discuss it with him and try and figure it out, and of course we did, but the whole time he was, we would, he was, just, it was just a new level of kind of control and manipulation. Now, whether or not the narcissist is plotting and planning it, and a lot of people think, oh, no, I can't imagine them doing that, they are always doing it, whether it's on a conscious or an unconscious level, because it's making them feel safe in their space by having some, asserting some control over you. You just become a, mm. an element of their environment, if you like. So they're wanting to yeah, control and taking behaving. over your environment and your resources, mm. which is filling mm. their basket more, and emptying yep. yours, unfortunately. But because yep. you think Absolutely. you're a team yep. and you're a partnership, yep. I remember when I said to uh, my ex-husband, what is mine is yours. Little was I to know at the time what was mine ended up being his. Yeah. I lost it. <laughs> you know, because yeah, and I thought I mean, we were doing partnership and what he was doing was a militia takeover. Mm, and I yeah. didn't realise because I didn't yeah. think people did that in relationships. Yeah. I was a little bit naive at that stage about narcissism, which I know a lot of women are, unfortunately. Mm. And you're in yeah. love and, and you expect them to love you back the way you love them yeah. and that you don't everything goes without saying, that you'll honour and respect each other and do the right thing by each other. So yeah. it's really, yeah. I mean, you just don't want to comprehend that maybe they're not operating from the same values and morality as you are. But I think, you know, you just have to look, you know, at the relationships you have with your friends and family and what you'd accept and what you wouldn't accept. And, and more often than not, you're letting a lot of stuff slide with one of these people. And, um, well, that's right. And, and what women do is they put men on pedestals, and then they start idolising him, and then they yeah. start making excuses for him. I did it. Most women yeah. do. Mm-hmm. We're really, really good at doing that. So we do let all these little things slide. And you're right. You know, women get the thing where we get the thing where we go. Well, it's a, men are much better at this. You know, we can learn a lot from decent men. We really can. Because what women will do is they'll get in the relationship and they'll go, well, it's a relationship and by definition this means this. And then when he starts doing things that aren't our definition of a relationship, then we're all dismayed and distraught and, Mm. you know, how could he do that? How could he operate like that? Now, that's a big hook that keeps women stuck to narcissists. And do you know what? When we grow up, and we have to, when we grow up, we go, you know what? He's doing that because he can. And because he is, and because he's mm-hmm. not a decent partner. And if I honour myself enough, I should not be staying in a relationship with this. Yeah, yeah. Don't sit there banging your head against the wall, going, why has he done it? That's not fair. It hurt me. I'm upset. And expecting them to yep. acknowledge your pain. Because it, that's the hardest thing, accepting that they're not going to. It's like, yep. you love this person, they're supposed to love me back. Why would they do that? They're not supposed to do that. And then they'll come and give you a hut cuddle and everything will feel all right again. But then it'll happen again and again and again. And and yes. it's not love. It's not right. And, God, the amount of times I heard this, and I was like, oh, no, no, but we are in love. And no, 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 but he does love me, and he does this, and he does that, and all the things he does that make it right. Well, no. It's all undermined by the fact that, that they take that all away. And if that's happening, it's, it's, it's by definition not right. You know? That's um, right. And, mm, that's right. It's, um, so it's, yeah, and I mean, you lose yourself on so many levels when that starts happening. And, and again, it's some signs of a codependent relationship and when these things start to happen. If you're not putting your foot down and, 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 and either, you know, stick, laying down some boundaries and standing by them, 
um, you're going to end up obsessing, you won't be able to relax, you're going to be uncertain about everything, you're not going to know whether you guys are on or off or if he's happy or sad. It might seem perfect when you're together, but you'll be so worried constantly about how things are influenced by their moods. They might be trying to control you. Um, you know, things don't necessarily have to feel wrong or off. If you're from a background where you might have you know, been in an abusive family or you've had a narcissist um, parent, in some twisted way it might actually feel a bit normal having such a powerful energy around you, a moody energy, someone that lifts you up and drops you down. Um, but it's, it's, it, that's, that's your yes. cues to wake up yes. and, and, and do some work. You can relate not just, to that, Nance, yeah? Oh, totally, yeah. yeah. Um, how um, a lot of that behaviour, you actually put it down to actually being normal. And I think that's, that, that's quite yeah. scary because you recognise it yeah. and you think, oh, well, men can be like that sometimes. And yep. one of oh, yes. How often it. did our mothers say that? Well, that's just your father. Yeah. Yes. Certainly. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and, that's, that's, and, and like going back to what you were saying about putting them on a pedestal, I mean, that's a socialisation of women. And a lot of us, yeah. it doesn't matter how independent we think we are or that we, we can be equal or do the work of a man or whatever, we still tend to put ourselves in that second position. And, you know, that's, that's a yeah. lot of the, lot of what our mothers have taught us and what our mothers have been taught. Yes. yes. And we're nothing without a man, you know, as a single woman. And there can be women saying, well, you need to meet a man, you need to meet a man. Your mother yeah, might be saying yeah. that, your family might be saying that. So it's yeah, like, how well, come you haven't got a man yet? Yes. Yeah. How come you haven't got one? And, I mean, I spent... Because I had That's a couple right. of these relationships, uh, I, between them I always spent two or three years alone. And as yes. a single mother alone, everybody's looking at you like there's something wrong with you because yes. you are a yes. single female. Yes, well, and you know, that's why we need this revolution, and this revolution really is, and I love it, you know, it's part of the dating stuff I teach, is, you know, women need to be the chooser, not the chosen. And a woman in her power gets to date. A lot of guys, respectfully, I'm not saying she's the S word or the T word in any shape or form. This is, you know, really honouring herself and really valuing her body and her mind and her heart. And men will step up and court her and be suitors. And she'll get to choose the right guy from that landscape. And this is what women need to learn is how to value themselves. And mm -hmm. it's very, very possible, very possible. And you know what? Modern day men, that's what they want. They want a woman, a woman who values herself, who's not in a hurry, who's, who can hold her own emotional resources and space is a highly attractive commodity. Because I tell you what, I do a lot of research out there. There are a lot of men that are so sick of women that are insecure and clingy and trying to create instant relationships because they want a man to fix it all for them. Hey, years ago I used to be one of them and I know how horrible it feels and the vibes it puts out. No, but men, a narcissist goes beautiful. That is a target, right? That is a target to a narcissist. If she's got a good job, good looking and got some resources behind her, she is the perfect target in that framework. So... You know, women, this is like we can really, really, we need to, to be safe and to be healthy and to get great relationships unless you're just one of those really lucky women. 
that just you know came into this lifetime with everything lined up for her whether it be the stars or a karma or whatever and there are those women it wasn't their lessons but if you're a woman that struggled in relationships you've got to do the work on it you've got to do the work on yourself yeah and if you I mean I've been in that place and it sucks it's not a nice one when you just have that big gap and you just want to fast forward something you meet someone you really like them everything seems perfect well why not just get on into it especially when you're at an age I mean I'm early 30s where you know you don't have time to muck around if you want to have a family and children but the fact that you are feeling needy or you're wanting to fast forward things is a big indication that you're not feeling full um, yourself and mm-hmm. and that's you know it's, it's the hardest thing in the world just to like lean back you know play this dating game which is let, let the men pursue and, and then and, and judge and, and hold your boundaries and wait and see what happens but work on yourself and get in that space and it will all manifest quite quickly and I mean I know because I'm seeing it happen now I've finally drawn some lines and got you know and 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 playing by the rules the rules of life <laughs> I'm not talking yeah, about the rules of life Mm, and and it and it and it's it's just a different energy to be in, and it's a healthy one, and it's a right one, and everything falls into place that way. It just it takes a certain amount of trust, and yes, a lot of bravery when you're feeling like crap, and you know you've lost maybe money, your home, a, a relationship, who knows, friends, you know, maybe if children are involved, the comp, you know, it just complicates things even further. But you need to do that and as soon as you start finding that and there's a whole lot of resources on um, the upcoming website, uh, the Melanie Tony Evans new website that will launch the beginning of next month, the 1st of May. Um, so keep an eye on that because there's just a lot of information there about empowering yourself and getting out of these codependent patterns and um, and setting boundaries. It will really set you in good stead, stead to, to get in the space that we, we're all talking about now because it is accessible and Nancy's just said, and I have said, and this time last year, I couldn't have imagined it. I've been battling in this destructive cycle of trying to make sense of things and fix things for years and years and years and years and years and years and years. And finally, I decided to take this path, and maybe it just enough was enough, and there was no other way to look at it because I've been banging my head against the same walls over and over again. But I did that, and it can turn around, and it can turn around quickly as soon as you do that and um, yeah, I just, I just really encourage anyone listening who's identifying with what we've been saying but also who wants to get to the space that we're all enjoying now um, to, to do that because it's, it really is worth it. It's a big move but you'll get, you'll get everything back, you know, a million fold. It will, it will be an awesome experience and you can really change this all for the better. Um, mm. Yeah, it's so worth it. It's so, I mean, look, life is just, well, how we feel is everything in life. And when you're in, relationships are a really important part of our life and relationships have the potential to affect every single area of our life. You know a house, we can get another house. We can get another car. We can get another job. But when you've got a relationship, it can be all-consuming and especially the wrong relationship Every aspect of your life it will affect. It's a very, very serious thing. And of course that relationship, what it's doing, is always pointing you back to what relationship have you got with yourself. That's, that's more important than that primary relationship, any primary relationship in your life. 
the first one is, is the one with you. Okay, so you guys in the chat room, you've been sitting back, you haven't been getting involved. Has anybody in there got any questions? Because, and you know, no question is off topic at all. So you can put anything up there that you want and we can all have a shot at it for you. Come on guys, what are you doing? <laughs> They're just sitting there. Nancy, if you're in there, you could be putting up questions, my love. And no, I'm not actually in there at the And that's normally in. Do you know, do you get in the chat room, Nance? Yeah. You do. Yes, yeah, so yeah, so I usually do. I'm usually there. Um, if, if I'm no, if, if I'm that, you at the computer when your um, show's running, I'll certainly listen to it as it's yeah. going. Yeah. 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 Or just they're sitting back, but they're not writing. Well, that's okay, guys, because we don't know your names. It's only guests that's come up, but. That's okay, that's okay. So I reckon, you know what's really important too, I think we're going to talk about this a lot throughout a lot of these shows, but it's about uh, for people that maybe who haven't experienced a narcissistic relationship and even the ones that have, we can really sort of identify from the start of proceedings how they can happen and what they really do mean because there is a train of thought out there that I don't subscribe to and that is that when a narcissist hits your experience that you're completely defenseless and that you'll be lined up as a target and if you are lined up as a target, well, you've really got no hope in the situation. You know, I don't agree with that. And the reason I don't agree with that is because I know women, I know friends of mine that would never have got involved with narcissists and those were really pretty level-headed, sort of sensible women that would have, immediately been really quite suspicious about, uh, you know, the way the narcissist will enter the, the arena. So it's really interesting because, you know, as a, as a dating individual and as a research individual, I had an experience where, uh, where I was on a dating uh, internet site, which, um, you know, I train people to do and I, I really think it's a fantastic way to go about it. And I had a chat where a guy came forward and he was... Right from the word go, he was a very attractive guy, you know, the credentials look good on paper and he came forward and he was pretty much all about, you know, well I've been having this dream reoccurring and it was your face in the dream and I think you're my destiny. Now I immediately went, oh, this is a narcissist. <laughs> this is a narcissist dead yeah. ringer. It may not be, but I reckon it is. So, you know, now I remember when I met my ex, Big N, a long, long time ago, I fell for that stuff very quickly. I went, oh my, and I'd had a few drinks, which didn't help. And, you know, all of a sudden, this sort of dour, sullen person that I thought, you know, what's with you? And then all of a sudden, he put on the charm, and I can't look at you, you've got the most gorgeous eyes, I can't believe you're single, blah, 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 blah. So I fell for it. Now, with this guy, I just went to him. I just said, look, you know, and I really enjoyed this process. I thought, this is narcissistic. I, I really think it is. So I came back on the chat and I said, look, uh, you know, I don't do instant attraction because there's so many other criteria that are very important to ascertain a future partner. So he just went, oh. And, uh, and then he said, well, look, how I feel is I feel a massive connection. I think we should change phone, exchange phone numbers, and I think we should really pursue this. And I said, well, thank you for sharing how you feel. How I feel is that I want to really sum up, you know, what sort of qualities and your character before I would even go to that. 
and he did this big back flip. He goes, my God, nobody's ever categorized me before. And because <laughs> you know, I'm really good with charm. And I said, well, maybe women should, right? And then anyway, so then when he realized the charm couldn't work, he actually started doing the NLP tricks that narcissists do, like putting suggestion in your head. And what he did is he said, right, you are going to ring me tomorrow. And he kept repeating it and repeating it. So he was trying to program me. And he went into all of these narcissistic bag of tricks, which are very NLP and very mind-twisting. Now, I just sat back and just watched the whole thing and did not get mind-twisted in any shape or form because I've got really good boundaries. And I have got the education, which certainly helps. But then I said to him, look, you know... Um, and then he said, you, you've got feelings for me. I can feel that you have. And I said, well, actually, no. Uh, and then he said, you know, I'm going to be in your bed and in your mind every night energetically. And I said, no, you're not. Nobody gets access to that unless I give it. And, uh, and then I said, you know what? I said, you know, you mean nothing to me. I said, I, you really don't. Uh, I don't hate you. I don't love you. I don't like you. So the, the no energy, because narcissists are after energy. And I said to him, you're actually research for me at the moment. Well, then he popped. The abuse flew, the name calling. He completely lost the plot. And I went, yep, you were a narcissist. You're a dangerous man. So I blocked him and that was the end of it. But this was really good research because a guy like that, gorgeous looking, charming, you know, good career, intelligent, he could easily spot somebody, start spinning that charm and she would go, oh my God. The next day she'd be on the phone talking to her girlfriends going, oh my God, you won't believe what happened to me on a chat. I've met this amazing guy, blah, 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 blah. Right? Women need to know. My uh, theory on all that stuff is, Okay, let's say maybe a guy, you know, maybe some trippy universal thing has happened, some spiritual thing where, you know, you a guy has, has dreamed about you and uh, he's seen you in dreams and then you crop up in his life. That's possible. But why would he tell you straight up? That's the sort of thing somebody would tell you three months into the relationship and go, oh, my God, I didn't want to bring this up because it was too trippy and I didn't want to scare you off. But, you know... I drink to value. They're not going to tell you straight up. Yeah, but I think that's that, the thing about the narcissist attack, isn't it? Is it? It's it's so rapid. It's like they must get you in a position where you're committing to them so quickly. And I know, I know, even with my last one, yep. Even I said to him, I said, look, I said, if this is going to happen, it's going to happen. But you can't force it. And yeah. it, that's just what it felt like. Just oh no, you must love me. You must love me. You know all that sort of stuff. Yeah, and, um, and you know what? Every that... woman says this. Every and what and of course, as women, we've been susceptible because women have had this big DNA genetic thing about I'm nothing without a man. I need a man. So of course, if somebody attractive that you get a connection with, narcissists create a connection with you psychically, emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually. They connect. You feel yes. the connection. It's yeah, you, you actually do believe you've met your soulmate. This is it. You know, this is the totally. person for me. And it's and it's it, and that's the same thing you get over and over again with people in these relationships. I mean, I was just speaking to a to a young man a few a couple of days ago about the same sort of thing. But and I didn't really come straight out and say, look, this is the sort of relationship you're in. I sort of you know 
felt him out to, to see where he was going, but he actually said the same thing. He said, I know, but she's my soulmate. And I was like, ah, oh, bingo. Oh, yeah, dangerous. <laughs> you know, and so I think, you know, if we go to buy a car or a house, when you go to buy a house, you get it inspected, don't you? If you go to buy a car, you, you inspect it, you get it checked out, you have a look at the engine, you do test drives, you make, you know... And cars and, and houses are nowhere near as serious a decision as a relationship. And unless women are going to stop and take it, you know, like what I did with that guy was perfect. Because let's just say he got a bit carried away and he wasn't a narcissist, he would have pulled his head in and he would have said, look, you're right, I'm sorry, I am happy to get to know you at a reasonable pace. Okay? Yep, coming on a bit strong, da 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 Yeah, exactly. But he didn't. He panicked. Well, not panicked. He was after supply. He was after stores. That tack didn't work, so he tried another one. That one didn't work. And then, yep. when, you know, I completely cut him off. He went into narcissistic rage. Right. Now, yeah. if you take your time and you're smart and don't fall for the fairy tale and what you want to hear because you're feeling empty, needy, or just female, God love us, we're female, but we've got to toughen up, you yeah. know? We really do. Get all female and mushy later when it's safe. But keep your head and your smarts on early. Because if you yeah, don't... Think... Yeah, you go, Ellie. Okay. I was just saying, it's a bit, I think if, if anyone's unsure about this, I think just to flip it round and get it in perspective, you know, imagine a female coming on like that to a guy. We all know what guys don't like and what freaks them out and makes them run away. And maybe they're just, like you've said, they're better at laying boundaries and, and preserving themselves. But oh my if, God. if a woman came on to a guy like that, yep. she'd be branded a psycho. So why are we oh, falling for it why? when these guys do it? And thinking, oh, yeah, he really loves really, 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 really good point. point. Mm. Brilliant yeah, well, think point. fatal attraction, single white female. It's, it's obsessive and sick. So why yeah. is it that we wrap it up as some sort of romantic, amazing thing? Because <laughs> um, yeah, we're preconditioned in lots of ways, I think. You're right. You know, yeah. even, in, even in the old fairy tales, you know, the handsome prince comes charging in on his yep. great white yeah. horse and, oh, wow, he's here. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, so. like, um, yeah, yeah. And all the movies. How many movies? I mean, I'm not a big movie buff, but I know there's a ton of movies where, you know, the music gets all romantic and, 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 you know, upbeat and he comes in and picks her up and sweeps her off her feet and we've all wanted that. But it's dangerous. It's really, you know, get to know somebody, get a friendship, get respect, get values, get all of those things going and really develop a foundation and then when it's safe, then start getting swept off your feet and get all romantic and, you know, jump in a bed and let him in your heart and your body and your mind. But, you know, until then, don't. Because I know it nearly cost me my life. And I know it has cost many women literally their life. They've died through it. And if they haven't died yeah. physically, they've died emotionally and mentally. Not worth the risk. Yeah, I think there's another term for being swept off your feet. I think we should actually change it to having the rug pulled out from under you because that's really what happens. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. Right. That's a good one. That's the, that's the irony of, it, of that thing, really, isn't it? Because that's it is, exactly really. what happens. Yeah, You're building a reality on something that's not stable and not, not really there mm, um, yes. because you haven't done your due diligence. You just haven't done your homework. You've believed everything that's been served up on a plate 
in a matter of weeks and invested all your eggs in it. And then you're and, wondering and why, why it's all falling down. Yeah, we, and we all, all know, we all ignored the red flags. They were all there. Yeah. Everybody was there. Yeah, well, we were in love by that stage, guys. Sorry? So he was, he, weren't we? We were in love, so he was on the pedestal, so we were idolising. It was too late. Mm. Yep. Mm. Yes, yeah, true. That's why no instant relationships, no falling in love immediately. You know, it's. And I look and I tell a lot of people, and, uh, you know, Ali, we had this conversation last night. It's all of my girlfriends that have got great relationships, great husbands, really good families, they were sensible. These girls did due diligence. I've talked to them, I've, I've interviewed them about it. And they've said they looked. They looked at the dynamics, they looked at how the father treated the mother, they looked at the friends, they looked at... They were smart. I don't know how they got that grounding, but they were just sensible women. <laughs> you know? I was a little bit more renegade, romantic, you know, I was a bit more in the moment. Um, you know, I sort of lived by the seat of my butt, really. Mm, yeah, and I think I think we probably all had that fairly in common, you know. Mm. It's sort of one of those things that goes back to being pro, prone to codependency, I suppose. Mm, it's sort of it more is, of a fatalistic attitude too. Oh, what what happens happens. Da 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 da. Um, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And yeah, really, I think if you've been bought. Sorry, carry on now. No, you go, Ellie. I was just going to say, if you've, been brought, if you've been brought up around drama or in a home where there's been a lot of conflict or arguments or strong personalities, and um, you know, and, and Nancy kind of highlighted that before, that, yeah, it can feel normal, and it's not, maybe you're looking to emulate that on some level as an adult, but do you really want to be bringing your children up in a home like that? Because that's what you'd be doing. You'll be condemning well, that, that's actually That was actually always one of my triggers for leaving, was to not bring my child up in the home like that. So, you know, mm. it's sort of... Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And if our mothers didn't teach us boundaries, and I think, you know, we can... I really think, you know, next time we... Because we're nearly out of time, guys. You guys have been awesome. You know, really, really awesome. But I think we'll uh, talk about boundaries and... Uh, because we, we didn't learn boundaries. I'm astounded how boundaries is not the curriculum. Nobody knows boundaries unless they were very fortunate to have a parent that instilled them with that. They really didn't. Nobody, we're not taught, schools aren't taught. Nobody knows them. So I think we're going to, you know, talk a bit about boundaries next week. But hey, guys, next month, I mean, when we're on again. Hey, guys, thanks for coming on. This has been so much fun to do. And you guys rock. And I'm just so happy that... You guys are out the other side and you're just empowered little beacons of light really helping people now and it's so special. Oh, yeah, well, thanks, Mel, we couldn't have done it without you. <laughs> or it yeah, would have been and, a lot longer, put it that way. Yeah, um, and just one more thing. Um, it'll be um, fortunate timing next month because um, the e-books and the one um, pertaining specifically to Healthy Boundary Functional will be available on your new website. Yay, yay to that. Looking so we're getting empowered it. women out there, you know, and no more narcissists sweeping people off their feet and then they can throw tantrums and then they're just going to have to go and have a relationship with another one of themselves <laughs> um, and not with decent, lovely women like, you know, that we are. And we need to know we're decent, lovely women and that we value ourselves and, and we can have great lives because there's great guys out there. There's terrific men out there. Plenty. 
I believe yeah, yeah. men is 16% of the of the community. So you know, there's another you know 84 of the single percent that actually no, that's not right, is it? Yeah, it is. I'm not good at math, but uh, you know, there's plenty out there that are great guys. So everyone, thank you for listening in. Or if you pick it up, I hope you enjoy this. You've enjoyed this uh, podcast, and uh, and we'll be back next month. Thanks, Nancy. Thanks, Sally. Bye bye everybody and I'll see you next week with uh, Lisa E. Scott and we're going to be talking more about uh, narcissism. Okay, have a great day. Bye bye, much love.